this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 81 of the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. So I'm back from my podcasting break, and I'm happy to return to the microphone once again. I hope that all of you listening have had a really fun summer so far. Honestly, for me, the past few months have literally flown by because I have been so busy. A few months ago now, our family bought our first home and spent several weeks remodeling, which for any of you who have done that, you'll know it's kind of a ton of work. We did all the work ourselves. So that was crazy. Then the month of June was a complete blur because we moved into the house and then we had a family trip followed by the shipment of the Botanical Knits 2 books that we mailed out to all of you who pre-ordered. Just like the day after that was completed, I left for the Fiber and Friends Knitting Retreat in Cordova, Alaska. It may have been the busiest month of my entire life, but it could also have been one of the best. I'm not exaggerating at all when I say that I had the best time on my trip to Alaska. I guess I didn't know what to expect before I went. I've never been to Alaska before, and so I just really couldn't grasp what it would be like. But it was so much more amazing than I could have ever anticipated. Dottie, the owner of the local yarn shop, is the one that invited me to attend as an instructor. And she's the one that organized this entire retreat. Knitters from around the world attended this event. I traveled there with one of my closest friends, and we were treated so hospitably by Dottie and all of the local knitters. We couldn't believe how kind and generous the people of Cordova were. We were showered with gifts and baked goods around every corner. I have never felt so spoiled in my whole life. It's a funny thing because Cordova is this tiny little fishing village with no roads connecting it to any other place. You have to either fly in to Cordova or obviously take a boat in. (laughs) There's basically one small street making up the town of Cordova, yet on this street is probably one of the largest and most beautiful yarn and craft stores I have ever seen. It's called the Netloft, and this shop has been in business for 30 years. I would have never in my wildest dreams have thought that I would find a shop like this in rural Alaska. And now, as you know, I went to the East Coast last year, so I visited shops in New York City, Washington, D.C., and those shops were amazing, but nothing quite compares to this yarn shop out in the middle of nowhere. It was the craziest thing. This store was stocked. I mean stocked to the ceilings with gorgeous yarns, fibers, knitting accessories, 
jewelry, paper, gifts, lotion, kitchenware, bags, ribbons, buttons, clothing, you name it. It was there. And did I mention that the shop was two stories? I could have spent all week just in the store, and I wouldn't have been able to see it all. I kind of wanted to live in this store. It was just the most perfect knitter and crafter's haven. It was like a dream come true. Now across the street from the store was the town's elementary school, which Dottie, the owner of the net loft, rented out for the classes. I got my very own real classroom to teach in, complete with desks and chairs and a big board for writing on. I felt so legit. I taught three full days of classes while I was there, but on my time off, I had the time of my life exploring Cordova with my friend. While we were there, we hiked a mountain, we kayaked, we visited two glaciers, we saw moose, we saw jellyfish, and we saw slugs as big as a child's foot slithering all around the sidewalks. Everywhere we turned were wildflowers, wild berry bushes, and lush greenery. Everything looked so clean and beautiful. It was as if it was the one part left of our planet untouched by pollution. I've never seen anything like it. I've also never been in an environment with so much spontaneous rain. It seemed to rain on and off constantly. I learned while I was there that Cordova is considered a rainforest, and the locals say that it rains somewhere around 150 inches per year. That's pretty amazing for me, being from California, since we were in a serious drought. It was nice to actually see rain falling from the sky for a change. Also, the crazy thing about Cordova, Alaska, is that we never saw it get dark. It was light when we went to bed, when I woke up in the middle of the night, and of course in the morning. It was quite an experience. I've never been in an environment like that before. We had so much fun sightseeing, but we also really enjoyed the time spent in the company of the wonderful knitters that we met there. The entire week we were just surrounded by tea and dessert, yarn and good company. It was so weird because when I stepped off the plane, I felt like this place is just for me. Like this is this is exactly where I belong. I loved everything about the scenery, the community, everything. It was just perfect. I am so, so very thankful to Dottie for inviting me to Cordova to teach and so grateful to all the wonderful knitters there who made us feel so welcome. It was an experience that really meant a lot to me and I feel very privileged to have been a part of it. Now, if you are the type of person that likes to go on knitting retreats and there happens to be another one of these fiber and friends retreats in the future, I really suggest that you try and attend. It was an amazing experience. Despite my busy summer, I've definitely been getting some knitting in. Last episode, I told you about the baby sweater I was working on for the seaming workshop I taught in Alaska. Now, I did end up posting this pattern up for free on my blog and Ravelry, if any of you are looking for a basic baby cardigan to knit up. 
Now the pattern calls for worsted weight yarn and it makes up a six month size little sweater. I've also come out with another pattern recently and that one is my sprig cloche hat. Now this is a pretty face framing cloche style hat that incorporates the asymmetry and sprig stitch motif of my sprig pullover from Botanical Knits 2. Now you might remember the other cloche style hat I designed in the first Botanical Knits book called Oak Trail. This was just one of my favorite, favorite patterns that I've ever designed. I love the way that hat turned out. It was so stylish and pretty, so I really wanted to experiment with that shape again. I've designed so many berets, so I'm just trying to venture out a little bit. The new sprig cloche has a pretty textured asymmetrical brim that sits a bit lower on one side. The sprig of leaves wraps really gracefully around one side of the brim, and it's knit on a background of reverse stockinette stitch, so it has that signature textured embossed look to it that I tend to use over and over again. I'm very happy with how this design turned out and how the hat fits. I did send everyone who pre-ordered Botanical Knits 2 a copy of the printed pattern for free with their book order, but I have now offered it for sale individually as a PDF. And of course you can also now find it at your local yarn shop in print. I will provide a link in the show notes if you'd like to check out this new design. Already there are quite a few really cute projects popping up on Ravelry for this new pattern, which is always extremely exciting for me to see. Additionally, I have designed two more patterns for fall that are not yet released. I will be releasing one soon in August and another in September. So stay tuned for more information about these new designs in upcoming episodes. As far as my personal knitting goes, I have knit three hats for my kids recently. I'll tell you about the first one. While I was in Alaska, I found the most beautiful and special skein of yarn. The company was called Skeins in the Stacks, and the particular skein I found there was hand-dyed in Cordova using wild Alaskan berries. Now how cool is that? Since I already have so much yarn at home, when I'm on a trip, I only like to purchase yarn that is truly special and, if possible, meaningful to the location that I'm at. I felt like this particular skein was such a perfect knitting souvenir. I knew that I could make something from it, and always be able to own a little piece of Cordova as a remembrance of my time spent there. The other amazing thing about skeins in the stacks yarn is that all of the colorways are inspired by the dyer's favorite books. She works as a librarian, so this is very fitting. This one was inspired by the story of Peter Rabbit, so I bought a limited edition copy of the book as well as a present for my kids. I felt like her theme and the use of local elements to dye her yarn was very, very clever. I love it when this much thought goes into a product. It really makes it special. It also didn't hurt that the colorway created from the wild berries 
ended up being the most beautiful mauve pink color, and the yarn itself was extremely soft. I believe it was a single ply merino, and the colorway was very tonal, so it had a lot of depth to it. I really needed an easy little project to work on while I was there, something mindless that I could knit while I was teaching a workshop or in my little bits of downtime. So I decided to cast on a really simple hat for my daughter out of this beautiful skein. Also, while I was in Alaska, the first night that we arrived there, I acquired another beautiful special skein that the Netloft provided to all of the instructors and registrants. Now this is a skein of snow-capped yarns. I've talked about this brand before in the podcast. This brand is also hand-dyed in Cordova, and this particular skein had a variegated colorway that was inspired by a painting of Cordova wildflowers. Another great souvenir. So when I finished the wild berry hat for my daughter on my first flight home, I cast on the second skein because, you know, it doesn't make sense for a knitter to be on a plane without knitting. So with the second skein, I didn't do anything too exciting. I made a second basic hat for my daughter. I didn't have any patterns with me, and I had the circular needle already, so it was just something really easy to be able to cast on. Even though they're very basic, both hats turned out really great. They fit her well, she loves them, and just because it's basic stockinette, it really shows off the beauty of the yarn. I really love how both of these hats are made from yarn that has a special meaning. Both were dyed by two fabulous, talented women in Cordova, and both reflect the beauty of that area. I was feeling kind of bad for not knitting anything for my son. So I decided to cast on the adorable Sweet and Sour Apple Hat by Kate Oates of Tot Toppers for him. This is a super fun and cute cabled hat with ear flaps and a pom-pom on the top. I knit my sons out of a stash skein of Malabrigo Merino Worsted in a gorgeous chocolate brown colorway. The finished hat is so soft and squishy with the soft single ply yarn paired with all of those cables. I just love it. It's so warm and cozy. My son, however, was not entirely excited. Just like the Graham sweater, he pretty much freaked out when I tried to get him to put this hat on. It was nothing that a few chocolate chips couldn't fix, but still, I don't really know what is up with this kid and knitwear. It's really kind of discouraging. I'm hoping he will grow out of the stage very soon because Brooklyn Tweed just came out with a kids pattern collection and there's like a million sweaters in there. I really, really, really want to make him. But for now, after I finished the hat, I decided to make him something that he doesn't have to wear. And I think that this project he will like. It's maybe the cutest little thing I have ever knit. It is the Knit Sleepy Fox Amigurumi pattern by Adorably Kawaii on Ravelry. Oh my goodness. This little stuffed fox pattern is so cute. I love knitting toys and I haven't knit one in a couple of years. So 
I'm having lots of fun with this. The pattern calls for a worsted weight yarn, but I'm using some felted tweed DK from my stash on a size 3 needle. So the little fox will be turning out quite a bit smaller than originally the pattern calls for, but that doesn't really bother me. He will be even more tiny and cute, in my opinion. I decided to knit this little sleepy fox to sleep on my son's pillow on his little toddler bed. And I'm thinking that it's going to be so, so adorable. I'll be sure to post pictures when I'm done making him. In this episode, I have a new yarn to share with you. It's called Wee Packa from Big Bad Wool. Now, Big Bad Wool is a relatively new yarn company founded by Donna Higgins, the owner of Deep South Fibers and the store In The Making. Now, this company is focused on baby-friendly products for knit and crochet. On their website, bbwool.com, you will find their flagship yarn, Wee Packa, in a variety of colors, as well as patterns, buttons, and adorable gift tags. The Wee Packa yarn that I have is an extremely soft blend of 50% washable merino and 50% fine baby alpaca, and it knits up at a light worsted weight. This would be a lovely yarn for a baby gift because it's so soft and natural. But at the same time, it's a three-ply yarn made from superwash merino, so it should be sturdy enough to withstand some wear. I would love to make something for myself. I mean, my kids from this yarn. It's really, really lovely. It feels amazing. So if you're looking for a soft, natural fiber, easy care yarn for your next baby project, definitely check out Big Bad Wool, again, at bbwool.com. Also, I have a lovely kit provided by Big Bad Wool to give away in this episode's drawing giveaway. In this kit, you'll find an adorable baby cardigan pattern called Wee Cardi, three skeins of the Wee Packa yarn in the leaf colorway, which is a pretty spring green that would work for either a boy or a girl. There's also five little buttons, garment tags that you sew in, and also little gift tags. It's pretty much everything you need to complete a special little sweater for the little one in your life. This would make a great baby shower gift. So if you'd like to enter to win this adorable little kit, please leave a comment on my blog under the show notes for episode 81. You will have until August 15th to enter to win. Speaking of knitting for babies, I have a great story to share with you in this episode. This knitting story was contributed by Robin Devine, author of the new book, She Makes Hats. Robin has kindly agreed to share an excerpt of her new book with us, entitled Two Little Babies. A friend gave birth recently to twins, a boy and a girl. They had been trying for so long to start a family, and so this feels like the perfect capstone to their struggles. 
as they sat on our couch the summer before their babies were born, barely pregnant and even less able to contain their excitement. I started to plot the handnets I would send their way. Because they did not choose to find out the sex of the babies, I begrudgingly stayed away from knitting until both were born. And then, of course, I ran out and bought new yarn, because the yarn in my stash suddenly didn't seem right for these new little lives. That's how the stash grows, isn't it? You have a closet, or a room, full of yarn. And then some major event happens, the kind you know you want to commemorate with hand knits, and suddenly your yarn isn't good enough. You don't have the right colors or the right fibers. Your yarn is too thick, or suddenly it's all too thin. No green you own will do, or all your baby yarn is too pastel. As soon as I knew there was a boy and a girl to knit for, I rushed out and picked up something new. One skein in the basket became three as I plotted more than one new knit for each new little life. Rationally, I knew my time was limited, that if I had meant to knit more than one hat per newborn, I should have started long ago, but I just couldn't help myself. How cute would she look in a hat with these colors striped together? This yarn is perfect for him. And so it went, and the basket filled up, and I swear I could hear my debit card sigh with resignation as it slid through the machine. All this to say I meant well when I found out she'd had a boy and a girl, my friend with two little babies just born. I knew I had to make a few special things for them, matching in a way because they were twins, but not so matchy-matchy that even I wanted to throw up all over the yarn. I scoured my stash valiantly, and even found a few skeins that would work. My trip to the store was simply for accent yarn. Famous last words. When I found myself in the baby section of the yarn aisles, petting all the pretty pastel and spotted skeins meant for tiny new lives just like these, I think I might have snapped. I thought about my trips to the store for yarn when I was knitting for Owen before he was born. I thought about all the babies that don't have someone knitting for them. And I thought about all the adorable things I could make, not only for these two little ones, but all the ways I could use the leftover yarn to make things for all the other babies in the world. It's all the other babies that get to me in the end. I know that these two little souls will be loved and clothed and fed in such amazing ways by two parents who have spent a long time awaiting their arrival. I know they will never want for warmth and that my hats, while they will be loved and worn frequently, are not the only things that will ever keep their two little heads warm. But the other babies, the ones born in the hospital down the street from my house to mothers who didn't want to be pregnant, to families living below the poverty line and into houses full of a lot of things that aren't warmth or security or sometimes even love, the babies born on dirt floors to mothers who don't yet know they are HIV positive, supervised by midwives with little to no training, their umbilical cords cut with rusty knives, and babies wrapped in dirty rags because that's all there is? Those babies are really the ones I want to knit hats for, the ones I end up buying extra skeins of baby-colored yarn for. Because when I'm done making hats for these newborn twins, from the two skeins I grabbed from my stash, combined with the <clears throat> three I picked up at the store, <laughs> I will continue to knit tiny hats. I will use up these skeins even if it means putting aside the other projects I needed to get done last week. I know the weather will soon turn cold, and there will be little babies born who need a tiny little hat on their head. Babies who may not have had a hat at all if I didn't keep knitting up these skeins. I think of knitting newborn hats as an act of faith. I know this hat will grace the head of a little baby. If I donate to the hospitals closest to me, I know the chances of that hat gracing the head of a little baby born into struggle are greater than average. I believe that these babies deserve to thrive and grow in the same ways as the babies born at hospitals in other parts of town, and that this little hat 
put on the head of some unknown baby, will be seen by its mother as a gift of love. She will see that someone believes in them, this mother and child. Someone believes they have purpose and worth. My act of faith is knit into every stitch. I know that I hold in my hand a hat that will be worn by a baby who may someday drop out of school. I also know that the same hat could be worn by a baby who will someday be president. With each stitch on these hats I knit, I speak love, strength, and hope into the hat, and by proxy into the life of the baby who will receive it. My act of faith is believing that this small hat, made from such a small amount of yarn, for such a small person, will make a difference. But first I need to get a few hats off the needles for these two little babies I can't wait to meet. Two little babies whose parents waited so long for them that we all thought they might burst with anticipation. Two little babies who will grow up getting hats from Crazy Aunt Robin, whether they like it or not. Because these babies deserve an act of faith as well. Thank you again so much, Robin, for sharing your story. Wasn't that story just so sweet? I loved it. It makes me want to knit nothing but baby hats for the rest of my life. If you listening would like to learn more about Robin and her wonderful book, I will be posting a link to her blog in the show notes of this episode. As a reminder, you can always find all the show notes for this podcast on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. You can also find me on Ravelry under the name Never Not Knitting. And if you'd like to get in touch, please email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining me again after my long podcasting hiatus. I greatly appreciate all of your support. I hope you'll tune in again at the end of August for episode 82. I'll have more knitting updates for you, another giveaway, and of course, another great knitting story to share. Until next time. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are clicking. From morning until she goes to bed. She won't take the time to brush her teeth. Let's not even talk about her hair. If it isn't about knitting, she just doesn't really care. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching. And the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she doesn't knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters. And more socks than they could ever wear. Yard in the fridge, in the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry. It's even in the washer and dryer. That's why she can't do any laundry. I need some clothes. She's never not knitting, 
and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching. And the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Oh, 911. Her husband says, Get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project. She says, Just let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting. And it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching. And, well, she's losing all she had.